What's up, nerds? Welcome to the AMP. I'm me. He's him. Let's just do this thing. What do you say? I think that's a, a good way to do it. You guys have got like 109 episodes. You know who we are. Yeah, and, and our, our introduction has changed occasionally, sometimes just because I like to play uh, chaotic neutral with the uh, episode introductions, other times because we had to change our introductions because of disaffiliations and whatnot. Um, not to cast any kind of shadow on BPN, who continues to graciously host us on their Discord, and there's still a lot of conversation there, so if you're not following those conversations, not a part of those you are missing out. Look us up on Twitter. The best way to find us on Discord is to follow us at Almighty Pod. It's two birds, one stone, um, as far as social medias are concerned. Follow us at Almighty Pod on Twitter, and then hit that pinned link, um, where or pinned tweet, rather, that has a link to the Discord, and, and jump on in. We, we've got a growing community. We've had several people uh, join in the last month or so, and conversations continue to just spiral, spiral wildly out of control in there, and it's super fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. And uh, if you're in our Discord, that's just another place where you can submit quirkles. You know, we've got this awesome thing we're doing where uh, you go and look at the past month's Wordle answers, and you can combine those answers and create a quirk, and then uh, we'll talk about that quirk. You know, you let us know how it works, what the downfalls are, what the upsides are, how you would use it, and uh, we'll talk about it. And so, you know, I think we've actually got a handful this week. We do, um, from a, a couple of people in our Discord, um, and then I have a handful as well. So let's start with the, the people that aren't us. Uh, that's always a good place to start. I think so. So Ness, who actually won the contest, the Vigilantes contest, and got his uh, printed canvas. So if you're curious about, if you're listening and you're like, OMG, what was the cool liquid purple commissioned art that's one of a kind and he's the only person that'll own it, you have to follow uh, Ness on Instagram, or Instagram, on Twitter, or at least go into our likes and retweets because you will see um, that he, he uh, added us when he received it. Um, it's really cool. It features Knuckle Duster and Koichi and Popstep all kind of silhouetted by a sunset, which was all, you know, poetic about the sun setting on Vigilantes um, and Liquid Purple executed that idea perfectly, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, definitely. Super good. Um, so Ness, um, who is a regular contributor to the Quirkle idea, um, sent us the Quirk Bland Motto. Hmm. from the July pool of words. Um, so he said that the wielder of this bland motto quirk has the ability to energize and boost the morale of their allies by giving very dry and boring phrases. And he said, think Ben Stein, if you need a <laughs> reference. Wow. Which is pretty great. <laughs> so it's like a, like an anti-bard almost. Yeah, well, it's still bardic, but it's like, but you don't need the uh, the uh, uh, charisma behind it. Right, right. It's unenthusiastic uh, bardic inspiration. You know, it's the, you know, if you've ever seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off, it's the, you know, that, that monotone Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. I feel like Aizawa could uh, benefit from this quirk, you know? Yeah, he might. Um, it, it's definitely, I think, within his wheelhouse. Uh, we also had some two quirkle um, submissions from Raw32 in the Discord. Um, his first one was Angry Flock, and he said that once hit, uh, the wielder of this quirk has the ability to summon a flock of angry chickens, exactly like in the <laughs> Legend of Zelda games, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, in the Legend of Zelda games, I know in, at least in Ocarina of Time, I'm sure it persisted in f future, maybe even prior installations um, to that particular series, that if you attacked chickens, that they would all attack you back. 
Um, so I think that's the direction that he was running in. And then he also submitted Wacky Voice. Um, and so a little bit of background on this too. We're about to talk about the OBAs. Raw 32 has not yet seen them, and yet he still submitted Wacky Voice. Um, and so this is his description. He says, it lets you make anyone's voice sound really weird and funny. It's less helpful as a hero, but would be great to be hired out to discredit public speakers. Um, and that's when he submitted that. I was like, have you seen the OBAs? And he said, nope. <laughs> and that'll become relevant when we start talking about the second OVA. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Wow. What a coincidence there. Did you have any? Yeah, so I came up with one. Uh, it's a little loose, but I, I kind of like the idea of this one. It's called Bland Night. The idea being that the wielder of this quirk at nighttime could absorb like the uh, light pollution that is happening across like a certain distance. I don't know. I would want to put a limit on it. Obviously, it's something they could train, uh, but basically they absorb all of that light themselves and then they become this like beacon, like they're just exhibiting all of that light. So it's bland night because to them, it doesn't clear up the night sky. They still can't see anything because of how much light they're emitting. But everyone else around them would be able to see like the constellations and stuff. Interesting. Unless he also absorbs that, in which case it would just be a dark night, bland night for everybody. <laughs> he would be readily hired by uh, observatories all over the country. Potentially, yeah, yeah. He could even make that just like a nice little living, you know. So it's it's interesting that you chose the the word bland um, because I also had bland, just the word bland. Just the uh, on, word bland? Yeah. But here's here's what happened is I saw the word bland and I was like, hold on a second. I'm pretty sure one of the class 1A students already has a quirk that is literally called bland. But I double checked and Ojiro's quirk is called tail for the record. <laughs> you thought, you, hold on. <laughs> so you think Ojiro's quirk was just named bland? I'm mostly making a joke. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So Blaine, Blaine has been taken by Ojiro, question mark. Um, I felt bad. He was the only person that I could not remember their name whenever I watched these OVAs. I kept calling him Tail Guy in my, in my notes, and Hannah was like, isn't that Ojiro? I regularly forget Shoji's name. That's the one that I forget the most often. Um, I, I remember his hero name, Tentacle, because I'm like, you missed an opportunity to be Tentacruel or Tentacool. I remember having that conversation with you. Yeah, yeah. Tentacle, what the hell ever. Um, anyway, so Bland was one that I just wanted to make a joke about. So some serious submissions from me um, with the July uh, solutions to Wordle would be Cramp. Um, now, when I was a kid growing up, watched a lot of like football, uh, NFL and college and whatnot, still do that. And I remember being a child and having the, uh, you know, the announcers explain so-and-so's down we got a you know referee's timeout because so-and-so is having a cramp and being like what wussies <laughs> it's a cramp like get up walk it off you know because the only cramps that i'd ever experienced were like growing pain cramps and they weren't debilitating um but several years ago i did i participated in my first um go ruck event a go ruck light here in the uh the town in which i live and we were doing something called indian runs which is you're in a a uh, single file line and you're all running jogging in this oh, case because yeah. we were laden um, and they were passing back different team weights so there was like a 40 pound sandbag an 80 pound sandbag a 20 pound sandbag or whatever and if you were at the end of the line and received that weight you had to shoulder it and then run to the front to get yep. as that line was still moving you had to get to the front and then you could take that off and pass it back well i got the 80 pound weight one time and i took it because there was a smaller 
lady behind me. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll take the 80 pound. You can just wait for the next one. So I took it. I cheated. Um, wasn't at the back, but I ran up to the front. And when I got there with that 80 pound bag and I threw it off, which was in addition to the weight that I already had um, on uh, dry weight on my ruck, I passed it back to the next person. And all of a sudden, my right leg turned into a board. Like it would not bend at the knee, would not bend at the ankle. The whole thing seized up. And I was in that moment, I had clarity about what a cramp actually was and that I would do anything um, forever to never have another one. Yeah, um, they can be brutal, man. They are excruciating. Um, thankfully, the uh, special forces guy, the cadre who was running that event, had some electrolyte pills. Um, so I was able to take those and recover relatively quickly. But it it sucked. And so, uh, you know, if you had this cramp quirk, you would be able to... Uh, Bestow that blessing upon your enemies, um, cause them to cramp up in, in various muscle groups. I think that that would be really funny to see people turn into basically gingerbread men um, as as you uh, inf- inf- inflicted them, I guess, with, yeah, that's uh, with cramps. Excruciating. What a horrible quirk to inflict on people. Yeah. One word. <laughs> Did you have a drawback for cramp or can just some, some jack wagon walk around and give people cramps? He's just giving people cramps. Maybe Dang. it is that, um, I don't know. I didn't think that much about it. I never do. I just, I'm like, oh, this would be a fun quirk. Don't make me, don't make me think about this stuff, Adam. <laughs> um, power liver was my next one, which is just like, you can drink real good. You can drink all the alcohol and be fine because your liver is super good. Uh, it's like it's having like Wolverine. Wolverine's healing factor, yeah. but with a much more limited capacity. Uh, so that's power liver. Uh, and then the last two have to do with the word aphid, which is a small uh, insect. Yeah. That is uh, oftentimes debilitating to, to crops. So you could have, and this is a little bit of a stretch, but I was, I was crunched for time. Nest threw down the gauntlet. He he submitted a cork hole and then he was like, this word list is terrible. And I was like, well, now I have to come up with half a dozen ones um, because you said that I can't. So uh, aphid flock is one uh, where it's kind of like uh, Coda's quirk where you can talk to animals, except it's exclusive to aphids and you could summon them um, from, I don't know from your surroundings, I guess, or, or maybe you're able to produce them from your body. Oh, kind of like, uh, the, uh, like Queen Bee's quirk. Maybe or, they house inside of you. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Queen Bee's was kind of like that. I was thinking more along the lines of that one ninja family from Naruto that like create that like symbiotic yeah. relationship between them and, uh, insects. Yeah, that could be. So aphid, it should be aphid swarm, which is also, I think a five letter word. Um, S-W-A-R. Yeah, that's right. Um, but flock was the word in July, so you have to deal with it. But then the other one is power aphid. So like you only <laughs> get the one, but it's super dope and maybe really big. And perhaps you can ride it. And that's all I got. It's just Kamayan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kamayan is a power aphid. I mean, he's more like a... Uh, he's more like a praying mantis. Yeah, but, he's more like know, a praying mantis. The, the picture's we'll, there. Yeah, we'll we'll flex it a little bit just just because that's a good callback to Vigilantes RIP. So um, anyway, those were Corkles. If you want to get in on those, follow us on the socials and update us um, with with your submissions. All you got to do is look at the previous month's complete word uh, Wordle solutions list. Pick one or more words, turn it into a quirk. Tell us how it works. That's super fun. Yeah, we really like seeing these. It's fun to get to hear like other people's ideas behind these just random words that they that were turning into quirks. I think that's a, a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. 
And uh, lastly, um, so we've covered quirkles and socials. The last thing that we want to kind of tease a, a, a little bit is that the next episode of the AMP is going to be a special one. Uh, in, in today's pop culture, pop culture world, crossovers, multiverses, um, they're, they're a big deal. You've seen the MCU do it. Uh, there's a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. That has done it. Um, cartoon shows have done this. Uh, one of the podcasts that I contribute to, the uh, Turtle Recall podcast, recently did the uh, the big like drug PSA episode from like the 90s where it was like Ninja Turtles and Smurfs and Garfield and all these other characters in there. Man, Ninja Turtles have done a bunch of crossovers with like Batman and uh, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah, like they've had they've got a bunch. Yeah, uh, they're popular, man. I mean, yeah. for good reason. Throw back, throw back to my earliest, like, kind of similar idea here where there's this huge crossover event like that. Uh, Dexter's Lab from Cartoon Network. They had something kind of like that. With who? Uh, themselves. Like, all the Dexter, Dexters across multiple oh, timelines oh. came together to defeat all the Mandarch from multiple timelines. I got you. I think it was, like, a huge movie. But that was kind of the first thing I, I could think of that... Like my earliest memory of a series having this huge like, here's all these characters that you're kind of familiar with, but they're all from different timelines and and universes and whatnot, where things happened a little differently. Like I remember just that blowing my mind when I was a kid. Yeah, that that kind of silly stuff is fun. And so we had an idea that we're because the anime doesn't debut until October 1st, um, and that gives us at least two, maybe three, possibly even four episodes of the AMP between now and then that we've got to fill. And we're still with all of our we're going plus ultra on avoiding socks and ties um, to the best of our ability. So we have this idea that we would cover team up missions and that whilst doing team up missions coverage, that we would also team up with another My Hero Academia podcast. Uh, and so we would introduce another voice onto our feed and possibly onto theirs. Um, and so we're going to be doing that. I, I'm not going to tell you who yet, um, but the, the details are confirmed for at least the next episode of the AMP. We will have a guest host from another uh, My Hero Academia podcast that you absolutely should be subscribed to and listening to. So get excited for that. We're excited for that. You can catch Team Up Missions uh, either. You can go to a bookstore. There's two volumes, I think, that are in print right now. Um, at I least think, one, because I have one physical printed coffee. It looked like you could buy volume two, so I think you could actually go and purchase that as well. And it seemed like there was a third Japanese version. Okay, well that hasn't hit the Shonen Jump app, which is the next place, the next maybe even the best place uh, to catch uh, uh, any kind of manga really that Shonen related. Uh, and so the first two volumes, um, which covers chapters point one through nine. Um, are available on the Shonen Jump app, which is a fantastic uh, purchase. Like it's like two dollars a month, and you get access to all sorts of stuff, including Chainsaw Man, who's about to have an anime too. Um, oh, that's so cool. There's, yeah, have you not? Have you read any Chainsaw Man yet? I've not. You know, I, I keep up with the Discord. I don't post in the Discord a whole lot, but I do read pretty much everything that comes across. And I've seen your discussions with a few people, and it sounds really, really intriguing. Yeah, I I have I've consumed it all. It's great. I'm super excited about the anime. And it is funny that you <laughs> you mentioned that you kind of uh, creep on the Discord because today you posted yeah. for the first time in I don't know how long. It's and been so as months. soon as you did, I I texted in all caps in the Discord, "Quick, someone make a wish or buy a lotto ticket." I don't know if you saw that. I did see it. I just chose not to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I went and bought a lotto ticket instead. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, tune into the next episode of the AMP, episode 111, 111, um, is going to be covering team up missions. Go and read it. Tune into the coverage. It's going to be fun. You're going to have me and Adam, of course, and then also a voice that you should be paying attention to in the My Hero Academia world. Uh, so look forward to that because I am. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, what do you say we hop into these OVAs, man? I guess. You guess? I'm curious. So like just high level, did you enjoy both of them? Did you have fun with them? Uh, I hesitate only because you asked me if I liked both of them. <laughs> That's the reason I was asking it. I put it that way for a reason. I, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I was just genuinely curious, you know, like I, we haven't watched anything My Hero in like what, at least four months probably, if not longer. Um, so I was just curious, you know, this is our first, first kind of introduction back into it, getting ready for this next season. Like I, I really enjoyed seeing all these characters again, and it was super nice that they didn't spend like 20 minutes ramping us up for the characters, if that makes sense. You know, I feel like yeah. in the past we've had these OVAs where it's like the first 10 plus minutes is just reintroducing everybody. And they didn't do any of that for either of these this time, really. I mean, the second OVA had like the typical Deku entrance where it's, Hey, I'm Deku. This is what I do. And then it started, but it wasn't like half the episode like it has been in the past. So, well, the real test will be if season six's first episode does that, where it's like we get quirk introductions for everybody all over again, because that has kind of been the pattern for the anime. And mostly because there is this gap, like I understand it from a conceptual and even from a sales perspective. I mean, it seems wild that somebody would jump on at season six and not know these things. Um but I, I get it. I understand it. I just don't like it um, because I stay current um, or well, I stay I'm I'm immersed in the My Hero world enough that I don't need reminded again what Deku's quirk is, what Bakugo's quirk is, what Ida's quirk is, what Ochako's quirk is, you know, like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. There, there's a, there's still a good chance that while you may have missed it in these OVAs that we'll get it in the first couple episodes of season six. But um, that remains to be seen uh, for another month plus uh, as of the time of this recording. But we did have these two OVAs and I did hesitate uh, to say that I liked them both because I, I loved one. One is top shelf, absolute, I mean, mint material. Um, the other one is fine. And, and maybe I'm in the minority with my feelings towards it, but it was all right. Like I, I was annoyed by it in some parts. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll jump that hurdle when it presents itself. Let's start with the first one, which I think is the best one. What? Um, really? Okay. So, you, yeah. What? What? No. Hold on. Stop. <laughs> no. So we're on opposite sides of this coin. It oh, my like. gosh. Are you serious? Yeah, we must be because I, unless you watched a different one first, which I can't imagine you did. The first one we're going to be talking about is the MLB episode, right? I think they called it HLB. HLB. Yeah. Yes. That is the best of these two OBAs <laughs> by leaps, bounds, and miles. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> podcast over this is this is our civil war this is where we this is where we uh diverge to such a degree that we can no longer speak to one another i can do this all day long i don't know what you're talking about it's gonna make next weekend really awkward yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> well i guess let's talk about the uh the the lesser of the two real quick so let's uh let's jump into hlb man all right so hlb is short for hero league baseball it's basically just uh explained as a minor league setup by pro heroes um, and this year, the championship is down to the Orcas and the Lionels. So the Orcas are composed, uh, that team is comprised of Gang Orca, Kaminari, Shoji, Kamui Woods, Mount Lady, Sero, Shiozaki, uh, Mineta, and Jiro. And then you have the Lionels, who are uh, headed by a new-to-us 
uh, hero, as far as I know, Lion Hero Shishido. Um, but also on his team is Shishida. Which was so we'll very have to be, confusing. Yeah, we'll have to be careful how we enunciate. Um, Ojiro is on that team. Uh, Nirengeki Shoda, who is the guy that wears Saiyan uh, armor. Uh, Sato, Tetsu, 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 Kirishima, Amajiki, and Fat Gum. Basically, it's like two two of the uh, work-study groups for each each like leader, right? Yeah, I think I think that's how it's, it fell Except out. And it Amajiki was kind of strange. didn't really participate at all, so... Who? Amajiki? Uh, yeah. I mean, he was like, in like one scene at the very beginning, and then I guess he got taken out. Yeah, he, he has a scene where he gets taken out while, whilst he's on defense. I don't think he has an at-bat. Yeah, I didn't think so So I guess either. he gets but taken out before then. Not everybody had an at-bat, so that's okay. Most everybody else did. Shishida didn't. Um, but he was because Nirengeki he was a catcher. Shoda didn't. Yeah. There's a handful that didn't. Yeah, no, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Some of them did, but they're, they are like struck out, and it's... And then it's just over. It's, it's yeah. just basically transitional. And then on top of the those uh, individuals, we also have Eraserhead and Present Mike, who are basically like the hosts of the championship. Uh, but right. the weird thing about the championship is no one showed up to watch, so I don't know who right. they're like hosting <laughs> that for. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. So there's a lot that's weird about this. I'll concede that, but I still think that the concept is is super good. Uh, so there's a headbutting contest between the coaches, both of whom declare that their team will seize victory, of course, but they both admit that they called in outside help, which is strange because who who did they call in and who did they have during the regular season? Those are the questions that I have. Did they call in the pro heroes and the students were on their teams? Because if that's true, then their teams were only like six people strong apiece, which isn't enough to field a baseball team. Yeah, I, I, that, I had this thought too. That line confused me. There was a lot where I was like, because they're, in, at least in the dub, they're talking about how each other padded their rosters. And, and so I'm like, but but how? Like, was there yeah. a whole other team that we weren't privy to before this? And these are all subs? Or I, I had the same question. I, I wasn't really super sure what they were trying to like imply by that. You watched the dub? Yeah, I did. Gross. I know, I know. So gross. Maybe that's why I like the second one better. Oh, maybe. Oh, that'll be interesting if something... There's no way something <laughs> changes radically enough, Not enough for me for to it like to the be second that one different. better. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's there's there's some insults exchanged between Gang Orca and Shishido. Uh, Shishido says that... Or uh, rather, Gang Orca says to Shishido, you're king over such a small strip of land. And Shishido says back, go back to the sea and eat some sardines. Um, Mount Lady, this is another weird thing. Mount Lady asked Kamui why he agreed to help out, and Kamui just says, Ask Edshot, and that's all we get. And Edshot's not even in this. He's not. He's not in it at all. Yeah. I like, there's got to be more to this that it's referencing that we're just not aware of. It's strange. Like, so these are the only mid- motivations that we get. You have um, th- th- this one from Kamui. He's motivated by Edshot somehow. You get the motivation from Fat Gum because he's been promised a an all-you-can-eat takoyaki buffet. And you get a motivation from Kirishima, which is he's here to win. That's it. Everybody else is just like, I mean, especially if you're talking about Sun Eater um, slash Amajiki, he doesn't even want to be here. Yeah, like there are so many shots of him away from the crowd, like head up against the wall or like the bleachers or something, just being like, God, I just don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. Why am I, I think even he was here made to, to be there by Fat Gum? Like it was an intern mandate. It had to have been absolutely, yeah. Well, and there's some kind of weirdness here too, like between Lionel and and or- Gang Orca, because even uh, President Mike kind of sets this up where he's like, "Of course, these two are opposed to each other because 
Like, I, I think the whole thing is supposed to be that Gang Orca is the king of the sea and Lionel is yep. like the king of the land, but that's weird. That's the, that's the most we get out of it anyway. There might be some professional um, competition mixed in with that. It was the other flavor that I got from this. But yeah, that's that's basically all that we get. Lionel's kind of an interesting character, too, because I feel like throughout this OVA, he's drawn very differently. Like, there are times that I think he looked very big, like the same size as Gang Orca. And then there are other times when they like draw him when he's pitching and he just kind of looks like an average sized guy. I thought that was yeah, really I'm, inconsistent. I'm going to complain about Lionel a little later or not Lionel Shishido, um, the line hero Shishido. Um, but we, we do have uh, present Mike and Aizawa, which is just like the sports festival, only with a less mummified Aizawa. Um, but he's not any more excited to be doing this now than he was at the sports fest he's still totally unmotivated i think he says like four lines in the entire ova which is so aizawa right mm -hmm. um present mike dominates all of the conversation and so he lays out the rules there are nine players on each team no outside substitutions even though I, both teams have already done like that. they're already they, subs yeah they, yeah they said that they did that um position changes and pinch runners are fine and play continues uh, when players are ejected or injured at bat. So if you, if you, in, in a baseball game, in an IRL baseball game, you drop below nine playable, uh, like if you can't field nine players, you have to forfeit because you can't field the field. Um, you can't populate the field, uh, all the positions they're on. Uh, but in here, it's just like, eh, make do. If you lose some folks, then you'll have to spread yourselves a little thinner. Um, and present Mike's question is, is it going to come down to it being a win, a victory by score, or is it going to just going to be the last team standing? And then that's, that leads us into the first inning. Yeah. They also have another rule in here that I caught that was like, if a batter is injured, they're considered out as well. It seemed like, so if you're up to bat out of the game, yeah, like entirely. Yeah. So you don't want to get injured if you're the batter. Uh, <laughs> so that, that led to some interesting things that happened. But yeah, so first up to bat, we've got Gang Orca. Uh, the pitcher is Sato. So he pops a couple of candies. He gets super buff. And of course, Orca hits the ball out of the park, which just... Casually. Yeah, I mean, like, not a big deal at all, which I think we kind of... I was expecting that, at least. Uh, even with so uh, Sato, like, kind of buffed up, it's like... It seems like Gang Orca's been at this for a while. Um, and they also, it's kind of weird because they kind of have their own way of playing baseball. Like these rules, there are some tricks to them that the the kids don't really pick up until further into the game. Uh, but, you know, he hits the ball out of the park and that just absolutely sends uh, Shashido, Sashido, that absolutely sends Shishido like off his rocker. He gets super pissed off and he basically just bans Sato entirely. Yeah, he, he's not off of the team, but he does get subbed out. Um, so he gets replaced by, uh, Shoda, Geki Shoda, who is called Mines. I think he has one of the lamest hero names. He has such um, a cool, like, quirk, though. Like, that twin impact is perfect for a pitcher. Yeah, it really is. And they show that. That's one of my favorite things about what this episode does well, is it does the creative stuff with quirks. And that's what I am very much interested in. Um... And and especially if you take it and you apply it to something mundane, but try to keep it constrained by mundane rules, which I think are violated. Like, I'll I'll call out a cheater or two um, throughout the course of this game. I think that standard equipment should be standard equipment. Um, but we'll talk about that then. But you can use your quirks otherwise. Um, so Mines uh, uses his twin impact and he pitches underhanded, but he 
blows one past uh, who's up here. It's uh, Kaminari. Yeah, it's Denki. Yeah. Denki Kaminari, and he gets uh, completely striked out, to which Gangorka gets upset and uh, throws him off the field. <laughs> yeah, I love this because uh, Gangorka in the sub, which is, you know, how God intends these things to be watched. Uh, he just yells penalty and he grabs whoever it is that he's penalizing and throws them into the air and their arms and legs are splayed out and they're just spinning uh, like a like a ninja star or whatever through the air, which is great. It's it's hilarious every time that it happens. That's exactly what happens in the dub too. He just screams penalty and like throws these people because yeah. he does that a handful of times. So good. Um, so Shoji comes up and his, his means of combating... Um, uh, Shoda's pitching is to cover the entire strike zone all at once. Doesn't matter how fast that he pitches, as long as my timing's right, he's going to hit a bat. Because Shoji is the boy what has many arms. So he's holding, like, uh, what, three bats here? Yeah. Which, again, I think that that's fine. That's playing by the rules. That We're going to see some rule violations coming up, but that's fine. It's standard equipment, but you're using your quirk without violating standard equipment. Um, so he just has more, which is, I think that that's reasonable. Um, Shota sends the ball, he pitches, and he says fire, and instead of accelerating towards the mitt, it goes straight up, which elicits the swing from uh, from Shoji, which I would rule, if I were the ump, as three strikes. Because he's because doing he three swings. three bats. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it does only count as one, and he still ends up getting struck out. Um, it, it also takes out, um, he also, Shota uh, strikes out Saro which gets no real screen time and they both get penaltyed out of there, which is just great. Yeah. And then, so the Lionels are up to bat and Kamui Woods has been the uh, chosen one as the pitcher. And this is wild. Like I, I didn't like the way that they did this at all. Although I suppose that it maybe follows the rules because nope. he effectively completely removes the batter. Like he uses yep. the wood to, to reach out, obtain the batter and then move them out of the way and sends the ball flying surrounded by a whole bunch of like bark and wood and stuff. So it's nearly impossible to even hit the ball. Uh, and, yep. and then he, he strikes out uh, pretty much everybody here. So yeah, this, this is a rule violation um, because he is interfering with the batter. I think that this should have been called as a violation. Um, now it would have been fine. I would think if he pitched the ball through a tunnel of his uh, lacquered chain prison to the mitt, I think that would be fine. But because he physically restrains the batter, I would call that um, a violation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he restrains the batters. He just casually tosses uh, the pitches across the plate for strikes, um, does the same thing to Shisha Duh. Um, and then we get the quirk introduction for Shisha Doe, um, who is that team captain, whose quirk is Lion, he has the same power and speed as a lion, but that's not what this episode puts on display. Like they yeah. play fast and loose with that description Dude, as far as I'm concerned. No joke. What's the deal with his like iron jaw? That's the least of the things that I have questions well, no, about concerning a, that. <laughs> that was one of the first things that I that I thought was like, how is that a quirk? Or do you think that that's some kind of a uh, like enhancement that he's had done? As best I could tell, I should look at another picture of him. But it looks like he's doing the Hercules thing for the lion aesthetic. Like he's got a lion's pelt on him. Not that that's it. he's not like Sabretooth, which that's like a physical part of him. Depending on who's um, riding him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like yeah, he doesn't yeah. have lion attributes other than like this weird iron jaw. And I assumed the intent there was, hey, look, he's got the power of a lion so he can bite down really hard. And lions are known for that, I guess. 
But that's the yeah. only thing I and, can think of. And they do show later on in this episode him having claws, which I was willing to... That's fine. Yeah, sure, that's fine. But it's the strength and speed part that gets wild towards the end of this episode. Agreed. Yeah, um, no, I agree. But he... So he's on bad terms with gang Orca, um, but he just... He he gets up to bat. Kamui Woods does his uh, lacquer chain prison thing, but Shishido just smashes through it. And, and he's smashing through it so hard and fast that it sends waves of wind and force washing over the field and the dugouts. He does eventually connect um, with the ball and sends it into Kamui's face, which sends Kamui through Shiozaki's hair yeah. uh, before being intercepted by Mount Lady's face. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like this crazy domino effect on the defensive side of things, which Mount Lady. I mean, really, she should have just kept her eye on the Kamui when she she would have avoided this problem. But well, because she like she do? grows in size to try and I guess catch the ball, but catches Kamui right to the face, and then she falls because it knocks her out. And when she's falling, like Saro goes to catch the ball with his tape cork, he does get it, but then Mount Lady falls on top of him, so yeah. it takes him out too. There's this huge domino effect that, like you mentioned, uh, and this is a moment here. It was actually really really funny because my wife and I were both watching this. And uh, when this happens, it like pauses and it just the camera turns to Mineta and he just yep. says a good death. And Hannah and oh. I looked at each other and we went, man, Ness is going to love this. <laughs> yeah. So in the in the subtitle, he just goes, seriously? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, and in my notes, I just have Sarah was living Mineta's dream again. Yeah. Because you remember, they were paired up against Mount uh, or uh, against, against um Midnight, yep, yeah, yep. in the finals, and and Sarah got to live that dream. I also but, uh, forgot Shiozaki's name, so in throughout like my notes, I just referred to her as Poison Ivy because I realized I to, that that's basically Poison Ivy. <laughs> to yeah, some extent. I had to look hers up. She's got a very forgettable name, even though her character is not easily forgettable. Yeah. Like she's very typecast as this weird re- religious lady, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that's pretty great. So Kamui in this first inning, Kamui, Sarah, and Mount Lady are eliminated. Um, and I think President Mike says something like, nice batting. And as I was like, there wasn't anything nice about any of that. Yeah, exactly. As <laughs> like, I was just, looking around, like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah. He's just seeing all of his, all of UA and some pro heroes um, systematically take each other out. Yeah. And I think this was game. the point in the OVA, which I realized that this game is not necessarily about scoring points. It's more about making sure the opponent can't score points, if, even if that means yeah. taking out the opponent, which is okay in this game. So at the end of the first inning, it's one to nothing Orcas um, because gang Orcas smashed that ball into the stratosphere. And I knew going into this that this was going to result in a tie. I just didn't know how they were going to get there. And, and so that's what I was watching for. It was going to result in a tie one way or another. Either they were going to have the same score or they were both going to be DQ'd because they didn't have anybody that could field. Um, and that's what I was watching for. How are they going to do this? And that was that was super fun. Uh, so we enter the second inning, and Shota again takes the mound. He strikes out Shiozaki and Mineta, uh, who both get penal- uh, penaltyed, like, out of there. Um, and then there's this weird line where uh, I think President Mike says, Captain Gang Orca's doing his spout of fury, which is just like a blood fountain out of the top of his head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I out think of his blowhole. In the dub version, he says something like he's spewing rage from his blowhole, but it definitely looks like he's just blowing blood everywhere. Yeah. And then you have best girl Jiro gets up to bat and she uses high frequency waves to push the ball away. Um, she does take a token swing, though. So she swings the bat. But she doesn't hit the ball. No, she doesn't. She just pushes it with sound. 
Um, but she, like I said, it's, it was a token swing. She did indeed move the bat across the, the plane of the plate. Um, but that's not how she moved the ball at all. But Shishido ends up catching it. And Jiro ex- expects to get penaltyed out of there because that's what everybody has been done uh, by Gang Orca. But uh, instead, she gets a, a bit of praise from Gang Orca instead because Jiro is inarguably the best girl in all of my heroes. Well, at least she's thinking outside the box. Like the other folks just stepped up and tried to go to bat. And I think Gang Orca really appreciates the fact that she at least realized that that's not how this game is played. Everyone yeah. else was just, you know, there f- for whatever reason. But she's trying to figure it out, which I, 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 I like that. You know, it's and it's it's kind of funny later that she ducks out. But but that's that's later. <laughs> oh, gosh, I hate that moment. We're going to talk about it when we get there, though. Well, so now we, we get to the point where Mineta is up to pitch. And this is really interesting. Sato is up to bat. And it's really great because Mineta has this strategy that he decides to use where he takes the uh there's like a uh, i'm gonna call it a beanie bag that has some um like chalk a, uh what do they call it a resin is it a resin, resin bag? bag uh i know that like no not resin what's the term i'll think of it in a second keep going. i know that like uh climbers rosin, rosin, rosin. There it is. Yeah. i told you just a second that's all i needed yeah so like climbers will use it to keep their hands dry bowlers actually use it a lot because they don't want uh the ball like slipping off their fingers and things like that so it's used in like a lot of sports but he hides his like sticky quirk on the ball using that rosin so when he throws the ball and it connects to the bat it sends that ball flying but then it immediately comes back it just takes out sato hits him right in the crotch yeah it's the worst way possible and this is totally cheating Mineta substituted the ball for one of his balls and that's violation of my what what i think should be the standard equipment rule um, so he first pitched to Sato, Sato crushes it only for it to recoil back into his nuts. And there is a really funny image where like, there's this long white tube connected to his balls and then the bat is on the ground. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it did. Um, so, but yeah, Man- Manetta coated one of his balls with the rosin bag, with the powder from the rosin bag to make it look white. And I think that that should be against the rules. Well, it's okay. He gets what's coming to him because Tetsu, 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 Tetsu has the bright idea that if the ball is going to stick, then you don't just get rid of the ball. You also get rid of the bat. So when he bats, he hits that ball as hard as he can and throws the bat with it, knocking Manetta right out because Manetta takes that bat right to the face. Yeah. And... Yeah, it doesn't send him out of the park, like Minetta out of the park, because no, that no, would no, no. end up in a point. But the referee, the robotic referee, decides that that's a, uh, an ejectable uh, violation on behalf of Tetsu, 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 Tetsu. So he gets ejected. For foul for f- play. And I quote, flagrant stupidity in an unsafe act. I don't like this. That, like, why is it that Kamui Woods can move the batter? And and like later, I feel like there are instances where Lionel is basically taking out the batter, but it can't be the other way around. You can't take out the pitcher. Come on. No. So I think that the difference is, again, so when it comes to um, Shishido's pitching and knocking out two batters and two catchers, along with the ump, technically, um, that he was still using standard equipment and and delivering the equipment according to standard rules i suppose so he he pitched and and it hit a glove it didn't hit a batter he didn't attack anybody it just the the pitch because it was quirk enhanced was enough to do the damage here though tetsu tetsu uh had that standard equipment but he used it in a non-standard way by releasing the mat 
weaponizing it in a in a way i understand what he was trying to do but yes i would also have cited this as a rules violation that's fair i guess i would also say that Mineta's cheating then too i mean he's not using yeah. standard equipment so i've already said yeah. that. yeah no no I, I should just, be called out i'm agreeing sure. with you yeah that's all i'm saying i'm just agreeing with you there that's so this is it's strange because this is two outs we have um sato is out and we have tetsu tetsu, 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 tetsu is out yep. And then that's the end of the second inning. We, we don't get a third out, um, but we have three eliminations. Tetsu, 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 Sato, and Mineta are out. But we don't get a third out for the Lionels. Oh, that's true. I don't think I even picked up on that because we go right into the second half of the game. Orcas have the lead, but the Orcas are also down to five players. And, uh, you know, Gang Orca himself is up. And it's great because, like, Lionel is off to the side. He's punching Fat Gum, getting him ready to actually do the pitching. And he's telling him, like, hey, like, if you can get this win, if we can take this, I'll give you all the takoyaki you want. It's going to be awesome. And so he's excited. Fat Gum is ready to take out Gang Orca. And he's all powered up. He's got, like, this huge, uh, like, aura around him. And I think this is where uh, Shishido tells him, like, hey, bring down that whale. <laughs> yeah, whatever it costs. But... Fat Gum can only be, if he uses his quirk, which is what they're showing here, he can only be good for one good pitch, yep. one quirk-enhanced pitch. So it's That's not even it. like a long-term plan. It's just no, this one. It's just one pitch, and you have to take out Gang Orca somehow. Yeah, but I guess to be fair, he was thinking like, hey, Gang Orca's probably the best on that team. If we can get him out, then we, that's less to worry about. What? I mean, but how? Are they, they're just expecting him to to, like hit a pot fly that's easily fielded uh, you know it's it was it was not a very well thought out plan that's fair um and amajiki is playing first base he's freaking out about the ball not only being hit um but being hit at him and it is and it sends him flying uh and he drops the ball so then kirishima picks it up and throws it to shoda on second who gets ultrasonic waved out of the way by gang orca which I I wanted to call it cheating, but it's not like it's it's kind of not. I mean, he's using his quirk. He is interfering. So if I, I guess to be fair, I would have to say that if if I think Kamui Widge is cheating and I do, then I must also say that Gang Orca is cheating by interfering um, with the with Shota as he's trying to field this ball. But whatever you you could think about it what you want ojiro ends up fielding it um and he whips it to shishido um who catches it barehanded and he does have a glove um but he just he just barehands this ball um and it turns into a roar from shishido versus an ultrasonic wave from gang orca and gang orca ends up being tagged out yeah and then fat gum is like all deflated and uh shiazaki has fainted during all of this as well like just i guess from the sheer shock of the gang orca and uh shishido like screaming at each other and everything so she's also taken out uh so like i i think at this point the teams are evened up aren't they uh i don't remember i didn't keep track of those numbers but sun eater and mines are out fat gum is out those are all three on defense uh, and then Shiozaki, who was on offense at the time, ends up feigning. Yeah. I can't remember if that evens them up or not. Yeah. And then we get Kirishima up to bat, and uh, Shishido is pitching. And it's crazy uh, because he, like, I mean, he just absolutely winds up this this pitch. And uh, Shishida catches the pitch, but it sends him flying. And then that shockwave takes out uh, Kirishima as well. Yeah. It's not, it's not Kirishima, I apologize, it's Kaminari. Kaminari, yeah, it's Kaminari. Uh, so, and it's so funny, too, because when Kaminari gets knocked out, he does the whole, like, <laughs> you know, like, Yeah, like up. he had done his two million volt thing, <laughs> yeah. like he turns into the dummy. But then Shishida's taken out, too, because of the, the pitch, so, like, they're both down, so he lost a defenseman as well. 
Yep. And then Shoji encourages Jiro after this to take a fall because she's up next to bat. And he's like, you can just faint. You don't have to you don't have to go up against all this. So she does. And I thought at the time that this was a part of a sneaky plan. But it's not. But it's not. Yeah, she just doesn't want to do it. I thought that the plan was basically like, take a fall now, and then at the end we'll be like, haha, we still do have, uh, you know, a, a, a playable, you know, functioning player, but they they can't. So basically, if you, even if you feign being um, taken out of play, then you are considered taken out of play. Yeah, and, and in this scene, it kind of seemed like Gangorka was pretty disappointed. Like, he's looking off from the distance and seeing her quote unquote pass out and you can kind of tell he's like uh what am i doing with these like these students i needed i needed you know people that would step up to the plate literally uh so we get sato appointed as the new catcher and uh it's funny because at this point i think shoji is the one that's like gosh this is just torture like this isn't even a sport we're not even having fun baseball anymore (laughs) so uh shishido pitches and it's the same thing as before he completely takes out the uh catcher and the batter to the point where uh aizawa is like hey if this gets any more out of hand i'm just gonna start erasing quirks this this is too much Yep, and so we have Gang Orca by himself on his team versus Shishido and Kirishima and Ojiro. Um, so he's on the mound, Gang Orca. Nobody on the field behind him, not even a catcher. Um, Kirishima goes unbreakable because he realizes that he just has to roll the ball forward in front of the plate and he should at least be able to reach base. So Gang Orca pitches the ball. It's accelerated by ultrasonic waves. Um, Kirishima throws down the most epic bunt ever. Dude, it was so like cool. The most epically illustrated bunt of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he does get praise from Aizawa for reaching first base. Um, one of the only two times that Aizawa says anything during this entire game uh, is he he shouts out some praise to Kirishima for doing a good job. Um, so then Ojiro is sent to pinch run for Kirishima because Kirishima is spent, which means Kirishima is out. So now it's just Ojiro and Shishido. That's it. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because they decide to kind of like even the score up and that way the yeah. finale here, the last pitch can basically just be between Gang Orca and uh, Shishido. So Gang Orca just tosses the ball across twice to basically let Ojiro get across. So it's the last effective bat. And, uh, you know, it's 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 getting uh, to the end here. Like we're about to basically get everything finished up. Orca is super, super serious. No holding back. They're both prepping. And then all of a sudden the siren goes off and they are alerted to the fact that a bank robbing villain is nearby and it pans back over to the field and uh, Shishido and Gang Orca are just gone. They, they have already left the field. They're going to head off the villain and it's pretty epic. Like they end up teaming up together and they take out this villain and uh, Shishido goes first. He like basically stops this massive truck on this highway gang with his bare just hands. Again, totally. Yeah, it's it's pretty epic. Not the strength and speed of a lion like that's not what's been on display here <laughs> like way more than the strength of us like a oh, hundred yeah. lions maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh but the gang worker gets called in and he just pulls this guy like right out of the driver's seat and uh the villain fires off a handful of drill bits at him or i say drill bits they're like uh they he reminded me kind of like of a sonic villain like something you would see in the old sonic games or Mega Man. Or Mega Man. Yeah, that's actually a really, really good one. Mega Man for sure. So he's firing off these like drill looking things. Uh, and Gang Orca and, and Shishido just take this guy out. Like they team up in an incredible way. It's awesome. Uh, and Shishido at this point, I think, is where he pulls out his like uh, pointy needle hands and he just starts scratching the crap out of this villain, slices him up. Uh, and then the rest of the team shows up to like back these guys up, but they've already taken him down. So they're like, hey, 
you just keep an eye on the villain and wait for the police and direct traffic. The game's got to go on. <laughs> so then they go back to the field and everyone else is busy with this. Yeah, they set Aizawa, Ojiro, and Jiro to just watch traffic and keep an eye on the villain. And then the final pitch from Gang Orca is delivered and is hit by Shishido. Um, but it does break the bat. And when the bat breaks, it's a part of the bat splinters off and hits Shishido in the face. And then the ball that he hits smacks uh, Gang Orca in the face, which KOs him. Uh, and then there's this great, like, co-op line between the two of them that baseball is more fun than anything else. Yeah. Which is so great. In the dub, they both just say, this is the greatest sport in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and then, now, technically, both teams still have, I would argue, um, players still in the game. But only one of them has one that hasn't been technicalityed out because Ojiro hasn't fainted. He hasn't feigned fainting. He hasn't been physically incapacitated. So he's still on the he's still playable, but he's not on the scene. So President Mike rules that because no other playable players are there, then it has to be a draw. So like I said, I knew it was going to be a tie. I just didn't know how they'd get there. Um, and then there's like a last couple scenes where like a bunch of them, uh, class 1A, 1B, and some pros are on their way back to uh, to UA. And there's a whole lot of regret. Uh, but they have left Tetsu, 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 Tetsu still stuck in the ground because he gets basically planted like a, like a tent uh, stake by uh, Shishido when um, when he gets ejected from the game. Yeah. And they don't realize when they get on the bus that they're one man short somehow. Like, there's an irresponsible counselor somewhere. I can't believe Kirishima didn't member. realize, because those two are right? buddies. Like, And they're on that work study together, so like it seems yeah. like Fat Gum and Kirishima should have at least like had, had, had some kind of awareness there. Yep. But that was the first one. That was uh, HLB, the one that is superior to the second one. Um, which we'll talk about now, if we must, called Laugh As If You're In Hell. Yeah, which I actually enjoyed this one way more. I thought HLB was just okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's okay to be yeah, wrong. You're, you're that a you're lot. You're consistently so. wrong, so I understand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this one is, uh, it opens up with Midoriya basically explaining that it has been 10 months since he enrolled in UA. He's super, super busy. Work study keeps him busy. School keeps him busy. His work studies at the Endeavor Agency, which of course is run by the number one hero. And uh, we get treated to this quick moment, this quick scene uh, where the police are like, I guess, investigating a crime or a criminal. And they're all just cracking up. They're all just laughing on the ground. We see some paintbrushes and some street art. And actually, in my notes, I called it. It kind of looks like a Banksy art of some kind. And, yeah, I did. And too. then it's funny because they literally call it that later. Like they just reference it as just like Banksy. The art. name dropped Banksy. Yeah. Banksy got Banksy got his name dropped on uh, an internationally popular anime. That's got to <laughs> feel cool. Um, and, and so we then cut right into like the intro, uh, which I wanted to, to mention this to you because I actually saw I think it was like a YouTube short the other day that that had me absolutely cracking up. I had never thought of this. Mainly because I've never watched the kids show, but there's a kids show out there that exists. I say kids. Adults can watch it, too, I guess. There's nothing wrong with that. It's called it's uh, Phineas and Ferb, I think is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. So Ferb. they've got this villain that's named like Dr. Doofenshmirtz or something like that. Yeah. He's Redestro. He looks just like yeah. Redestro. It's, it's, that's the first time you've seen I that? I think so. And it was like the voice actor that does this this villain. Uh, he, he was showing that someone had made like a little mini clip of uh, Redestro, except it's, you know, uh, not like my hero uh, people that show up at that last episode in the last season. It's the little duck guy from Phineas and Ferb. And so it was just a funny YouTube short. The platypus? Yeah, yeah, the platypus. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, but that just cracked Perry, me up. Perry the platypus. Why aren't you watching this child show? I mean, it's illegal and stuff, but you should that, because Phineas and Ferb is I great. I think it's just great like TV. past my time, you know. Like I, I. Yeah, but it's it's getting to be Max's time. It is. That's true. And when he's old enough, we will watch it. Yeah, it is pretty good. I will admit, I haven't seen it all, but I've seen enough to be like, yeah, I would, I would, I could get along watching yeah. this. Yeah, but fun. that just had me cracking up. Like that, that villain from that cartoon absolutely looks like Redestro, and that led me down this absolutely. really weird YouTube hole of people that have taken clips from both shows and made it seem like Doofenshmirtz just becomes Redestro. <laughs> it was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we after the credits, we're told that, that 50 such incidents uh, of this graffiti artist have taken place all over town. And there are these Polaroids that are being looked over by uh, Endeavor, Burnin, Kido, Onima, and the interns. So that's Bakugo, Todoroki, and Deku. Uh, Endeavor initially refuses to help the police because they should be able to handle a vandal. Um, this kind of placing it beneath him. Um, but Mr. Uh, the the police officer, the police representative, I assume, um, says Mr. Smiley's quirk is so strong. Anyone who looks at his face convulses in laughter for two hours and he makes us laugh and then he escapes. And Endeavor still considers this pretty trivial, um, but he agrees to just kind of keep an eye out for him anyway, which I, I felt like that was uh, like placating. Like he was just like, yeah, I guess we'll keep an eye out yeah. for him. Yeah, he's because um, like in the dub version, he's like, ah, we'll keep an eye out for that comedian when we're on patrol. But otherwise, yeah, uh, yeah just let the yeah. cops handle it. That's well communicated. I mean, he cares so little about it that he leaves. He, he basically leaves it to his to, to the interns and his subordinates where he's just like, eh, you know, you guys do con- you guys do patrol on your own. I'm going to go home. So, I mean, he's he's not thinking about this at yeah. all. Now, I do have a question for you here. Uh, we earlier during the summer camp uh, arc, we saw all of the students like learning how to expand their quirks and stressing them so that way they could become, you know, more powerful. How do you think Mr. Smiley would do that? How do you how does he get it to where people laugh for more than two hours? So I had some thoughts on this because his quirk is compared to Miss Jokes by Deku, right. um, which makes all the sense. Right. Um, he says that it's similar to Miss Jokes. And I, I went on to the wiki um, to see exactly how Miss Jokes is explained. And it's not very well. But one of the things that it does say is that she can wear a face mask um, like a it covers her mouth and her nose, kind of like the kind of mask that we've all grown accustomed to seeing and wearing ourselves in public over the last couple of years. But she can wear a, a mask to neutralize her quirk, so that 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 locates the the potency um, of her quirk on her mouth. And the same thing apparently is true of Mister Smiley that it's his teeth that are somehow the the source of this. Oh, quirk. really? That's interesting. Okay, yeah, because the- but it's strange because. So Miss Jerk, Miss Joke, by merit of having to wear the mask, makes it seem like she can't turn hers off. Yeah. And Mr. Smiley. He can. God, I hate that name. And I hate the stupid sound effect that goes with every time that he smiles. <laughs> that made me laugh. You're going to hear me complain about that a lot over the course of the next, whatever, 10 minutes or whatever we're talking about this. But um, so his is mouth focused as well, but he does seem to have control over it in a way that Miss Joke doesn't. So to answer your question, I don't know. I just compared his quirk to Miss Jokes. That's fine. Yeah. No, I was just curious, like, because I didn't have, that was the one thing that for some reason I got, like, kind of hung up on. I'm like, how does he practice his quirk? How would he make it better? He just <laughs> smiles real good. I guess, yeah. But there, there's a line here that really cracks me up, because while Deku is doing this whole thing with the comparison to Miss Joke, Todoroki is like, I don't know, why don't you just not look at him? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I th- what does Bakugo say in the, in the uh, subbed? 
I don't when when Todoroki says that. I don't that. know if I I didn't note anything down here, so I don't remember off the top of my head if he even mentions anything about it. So in the subtitle, uh, it seems as if Todoroki and Deku were having a serious conversation about, oh, this is a bad guy. How do we take care of him? And when Todoroki says, well, can we arrest him without looking him in the face? That Tod- uh, uh, Bakugo just yells, don't take this so seriously. Like Bakugo is going into this as if this is just, a, a, he's going into it with Endeavor eyes. Like this is a joke. You guys are thinking way too hard about this. I'm just going to blow him up. Um, Endeavor does go home. And oh man, I meant to look up the name of his taxi driver or his chauffeur because that chauffeur, I think this, this is the second time that we've seen him. I freaking love that guy. Don't know his name. Oh, I looked it up uh, because I really, really like this driver as well. He he was absolutely cracking me up. His name's Kuramata. Uh, it's I, I think it's uh oh it starts with a U. It's Untunumaru Kurumata. There you go. There's my name attempt for the night. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he cracks me up. He reminds me so much of a Full Metal Alchemist character that I cannot think of off the top of my head. But he's just high energy and like. The funny thing about it is he's upset that they gave Endeavor such a dumb mission. He's like, this is beneath you. Yeah. Why would you take this on? And, and and Endeavor's like, yeah, I really wish that I could focus on this Meta Liberation Army stuff, which I was shocked. I didn't expect him to kind of like, you know, talk to his limo driver, but he must really trust that limo driver. Yeah, I think that there's a, a real relationship there. One of the few that I think that Endeavor has managed to keep fairly positive. Yeah. Um, now, you know, he's he's making strides. I had that thought, though, of like, what if that driver is one of the MLA folks? Like, what if he's on the inside? Endeavor may not even know it. He could be feeding him info, you know, and... Man, you better not be right about it. I'd be so mad I, if you're I would, right about I would that. be, too. Like, but it, it would be the perfect kind of cover. You know what I mean? Like, have the, yeah. the chauffeur of the number one hero kind of like as an inside guy. Now, that being said, when I did some research on him, I could not find any quirks listed for him. So... If he has a quirk, it's not on the wiki. He's just a gentleman. That's his quirk. Uh, But it is funny because when Endeavor gets to his house to get dropped off, uh, he gets out of the limo and there's a painting of Mr. Smiley painting a cat with a flower in his mouth on the outside of his home. So again, it's really meta. It's like Mr. Smiley painted himself from behind painting another thing on Endeavor's wall. Um, and this pisses Endeavor off, obviously. So he flames on and he gets like this. <laughs> I couldn't help but like kind of compare it to like a Sailor Moon transformation where like he he gets real angry and his fire starts burning his clothes off. But it starts like at the feet and works its way up. <laughs> so it reminded me of Sailor Moon for some reason. But it was it was pretty awesome. And But now he's real mad. So now it's all hands on decks uh, trying to get Mr. Smiley versus, well, you guys can just handle the patrol. This is beneath me. It's, it's become very it's personal. personal. Do you think Mr. Smiley targeted Endeavor? I, d- I don't know. I would think that he didn't because who in the world would? Uh, I think he just made a real bad mistake. That's what I, I was trying to determine if, if he targeted him or if it did just happen to be a coincidence. Well, it could be, though. So an argument in your favor of him targeting endeavor is it's not news necessarily that he tags some c rank hero's house it is news if he tags the number one hero's house and so maybe he's just looking for um some more media coverage for his art by going after the number one hero yeah and you know it kind of makes sense to me that he would maybe be aware the fact that the cops have just given up like he may be aware of the fact that they've gone to the pro heroes to try and get this taken care of like he's gotten to that notoriety level um if he's operating in a one 
part of the town, then he would know that that's Endeavor's part of the town. So like I could see that this could potentially be targeted, but I think the the possibility of it being a coincidence is obviously there. I just kind of want to get your take on that. Yeah, it's another thing too. You mentioned that he's kind of moved into Endeavor's part of town because uh, a little bit later on, we get a little bit of backstory on him and he's been tagging buildings since he got rejected uh, on entrance into an art college. So 18, 19 years old, and he's listed as 28. So for a decade, apparently, because the words are spoken, at least in the sub, that he's been doing this ever since then. So for a decade, he's been running around tagging things. He just happened to stumble at this point into Endeavor's neck of the woods. But imagine just being like, you know, a a graffiti artist consistently for 10 years and not being stopped by literally anybody. But that gives him that kind of... Again, maybe a, another point in your perspective that he was targeting Endeavor's house because he does vocalize, uh, Mr. Smiley does, that no one, and he even says it ominously at some point, no one is going to stop me from creating my art. And then after he says that, he says, no one, with yeah. like his brow all darkened, yeah, you know, yeah. where he's just like, many have tried and all have failed. And, and so maybe that decade of experience is working in his favor here and it's given him a little bit of hubris. Um but uh, Team B from the Endeavor Agency does end up spotting him. But by the time that the rest of the crew shows up, they've already uh, been smileyed, which is what I'm going to refer to it as for the rest of uh, this episode. So they split up to try to locate him. Deckard runs across a laughing man uh, and sees a garishly dressed man running away from the scene. And in the du- in the sub, his words are, that guy is acting suspiciously. <laughs> what is it? Tell me he says something better in the uh in the dub. yeah i don't think he even necessarily says anything here i think he just goes right like for him like i think he's like oh that's him that's gotta be him or something like that like yeah. it was it wasn't anything like oh wow that guy seems odd it was just that's gotta be him because he's walking away from this victim he's running away from a dude who's doubled over and laughing yeah yeah like but deku's like i don't know maybe i should stop him and check that's kind of the vibe that i got but man i love these like this next sequence of events had me cracking up because like he goes after mr smiley immediately sees his face immediately starts laughing and he's like running towards him so he's got his quirk activated goes right past him and hits his head like into the wall the wall crumbles he's bleeding everywhere endeavor shows up and is like what's going on? And he just points and he sees Mr. Smiley. So Endeavor goes after him who he like sees Mr. Smiley's face. He starts laughing and he's heating up. And so he's like melting into the ground. Like everyone around Mr. Smiley just laughing. It had me laughing. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So, so a couple things about, especially about Deku and Endeavor. So you're right. Deku does apparently activate his quirk to, to stop a person that he suspects might be Mr. Smiley. But the force with which he propels himself towards this person that he's only suspicious of is enough to dent a concrete wall. Like, he wasn't, like, tapping him on the shoulder. Um, So I thought that that was I wild. assume he loses like maybe control of his quirk, and it powered up to... When he starts laughing? Yeah, because Endeavor does, too. Like, the moment Endeavor starts laughing, he immediately flares up, and it almost seems like he can't oh, okay. keep control of it. Like, consistently yeah, yeah. throughout this episode, like when they get triggered like that, when they get smileyed, they lose control of their quirk for a little bit of time. Even Bakugo does later. Hashtag get smiley. We're going to make that a thing. <laughs> we need stickers and buttons. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I, I like that explanation. That makes some some sense of this because Endeavor, Endeavor gets smiley and he laughs so hard that he burns a depression into the asphalt. And then Bakugo closes his eyes because he's a smart boy and he tries an AP shot, but he opens them to survey his handiwork only to find that smiley jumped over him and catches his eye. So he gets smiley. And we actually at the uh, back when um, Deku gets smiley, we see... Mr. Smiley's face, and I'll be damned if he doesn't look like an anime Woody Harrelson. That's the only thing I could <laughs> see in perfect. this entire episode. It was driving me. Yes, nuts. that's actually really, really funny. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. But that, like, if if Woody Harrelson decided to be uh, the Mad Hatter, uh, it's like Mad Hatter plus Smeek, uh, Smeargle, the Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good. That's kind of what this is like. Nice, nice. When when he gets Bakugo, Todoroki tries freezing Mr. Smiley from a distance. I don't. I can't believe we've made it this far. Three people have been smileyed, and I haven't yet complained about the stupid sound effect that they do every time that he flashes his. It smile. is weird. Like, where does it come from? It, yes, that's part of my frustration with it. But I heard it in the Japanese, like in the sub and in the dub. The sub is so much more weird than the English one is to me. It sounds like er- erotic. Like, is that? I guess that's. that's- Kind of the it way sounds like sexual. That's kind of the way that it sounds in the dub. I mean, it not. It's worse in the Japanese. Dude. I can only. You imagine. have to listen to the subtitle. I can only imagine. It's like because they they do have like a female voiceover, and it's kind of very dramatic, like Mister Smiley. Yeah. No, it's worse, and I can't. I'm not going to debase myself by even attempting to make it <laughs> to to provide y'all with a clip of what the Japanese sounds like. Y'all just need, because it's in English. It is Mr. Smiley. Those are the words that are spoken. But the voice actor that does it, it's so, every time I heard it, I was like, I I hate this. I hate this with every fiber of my being. I hate this. I hated this. And then at the end of the episode, they play it like a dozen times in a row. And then the miracle smiley thing is even worse. It's so bad. This is the the one biggest, most glaring negative thing that i have about this episode is that one sound clip that they play so many times that's funny i think i love that you hate it that much because i just it just made (laughs) me laugh i thought it was hilarious no no (laughs) well so we get we get more of his quirk here though because like back into this todoroki is able to like remotely freeze him and he's looking right at mr smiley and the quirk does not activate so toads is like hey i think i'm good like it's got a distance effect but then Mr. Smiley like throws a smiley bomb at him. It explodes and it's like a like a gif of his quirk. Like up like somehow yeah, that's an accurate description. Yeah. It's like a projector and it with speakers. Yeah, it's wild. And then so all of a sudden Toads just goes to the ground and he's like trying to hold in the laughing. And it made me think, like, have we ever heard him laugh? I don't think we have. Okay. I so I didn't watch it in the uh with the dub, but in the subtitled, he is trying so hard that it's excruciating to him not to laugh. So there's very little sound from Todoroki in the sub anytime that he gets smiley. So it was the same in the dub. Uh, in the dub, you could hear him kind of stifling a laugh, but it does okay. sound yeah, excruciating. That's... Like every time he yeah. gets smiley, it sounds like Todoroki is in a lot of pain trying to keep himself from laughing. Like that's just not an yeah. emotion okay, he wants good. to show. Yeah, I'm glad that that translated it across did. both. Uh, but um, Burnin shows up, uh, the the green-haired uh, sidekick that uh, Endeavor has. So Burnin shows up, right. and Mr. Smiley's gone. Like, his his like bouncy boots are stuck in the ice. Uh, and then we actually get Mr. Smiley introducing himself. He explains that he's a wandering artistic genius. Nobody is acknowledging his talent, so he paints in secret. And he uses the city as his canvas. 
And uh, then this is where, like, it, around the corner comes the rest of, uh, I think I, they're called the Burning Sidekicks. Is that right? The, the uh, Flaming Sidekickers is what they're called. Man, that's silly. Only they're short, the the horse dude, yeah. the ponytail. Yeah. Uh, but he catches them in his smiley blast, and they all start immediately cracking up. Uh, and this is where he does that, like, nobody can stop me. Uh, and it is kind of intimidating because, I mean, it is. he's right. All If all you have to do is look at somebody and they drop in place laughing for two hours, that's a pretty dang powerful quirk. Yeah, two hours later, we catch up with the Endeavor agency. Endeavor's mad he got smiley. Bakugo threatens to kill him because he's got smiley. There's a lot of shame hanging in the room. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Todoroki makes the comment that if Mr. Smiley were ever to get on TV, that it would be a disaster. Um, so they got to figure out how to get close to him without laughing. Somehow. I was surprised that Deku didn't have like a head wrap or something, at least in this, because he was pretty messed up in that last shot we saw him in. Yeah, he 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 has blood all over his face in in a later encounter with Mr. Smiley as well. Um, he's pretty resilient, that guy. But they head to um, May Hatsume and Power Loader. I'm always here for May. Um, and they want to recruit a capture robot, which is baby number 280 of Mayhatsumes. And that robot promptly nets Bakugo. Um, and then it laughs at him, which is like, in the subtitle, the robot laughs, audibly laughs. Laugh and I was like, shouldn't that be a red flag? You're going up against the dude that can make things yeah. laugh. Yeah. And you're recruiting a thing that laughs. Like, shouldn't that be See, a red man, flag? man, that's a bummer because um, it feels like they kind of gave away the next scene in the sub. But I don't remember him laughing in the dub. He's just kind of robotic. So, yeah, he he definitely laughs at Bakugo. Um, so then we get uh, Mr. Smiley painting a, a pretty darn good All Might. I got to say, yeah. like that the mural he's working on in this scene is Aces. Um, and he does smile at the robot when he tries to capture him. The robot ends up blowing up. Bakugo drops in from above. Because I guess he thinks Mr. Smiley can't look up. I, is, I ass- is that his thought I process? I assumed he was going to catch him off guard. That's what I thought he was hoping for. Uh, but in this case, he does just look up and he immediately, or Bakugo, immediately starts laughing. And this is where he spins out of control and crashes into the ground. Yep. Deku and so Todoroki he- are like off to the side, hiding behind a, a, a tree, kind of like watching all of this. Yeah, Deku goes for a, like one of his uh, flick smashes with his eyes closed. But then he hears somebody yell, help somebody. Um, and he opens his eyes and he looks right at Mr. Smiley when he does this. And so he, you, you guessed it, gets hashtags smiley. And then Todoroki uh, and, gets it in a reflection, like of whatever building. Yeah, well, that was the thing. In my notes, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure how, but Todoroki also gets smiley. Like it, it's not, it's not shown. It didn't look like a projector. No, it, it looked like a reflection in like the windows of the building that Mr. Smiley was standing in front of. So he looked at Toads through the like reflection through the window. It's not through the window. What? It's like through a reflection. Yeah. There. So yeah, I didn't catch that. I I tried to make heads and tails of that, and I could yeah. not. So. But we're. That's a the reasonable explanation, I suppose. I assume two hours later, we follow back up with everybody back in Endeavor's office. Bakugo is losing his mind. Hatsume is obviously upset because her robot is destroyed. Uh, and Burnin is, like, really pissed. She's like, we ought to just trank this guy and then incinerate him or, like, shoot him with a rocket. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. It escalates quickly. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, Deku is, like, kind of the only one that has a good idea here because he says, hey, why don't we just call in Aizawa? Like, his quirk is literally for this. But for some reason, Aizawa was just too dang busy with Eerie. Come on. You're- yeah. So then their next idea is uh, Endeavor looks at Bakugo and he says, well, can you move according to my instructions with your eyes closed? And Bakugo Bakugos, he's just like, of course I can do the damn thing. Um, I don't even well, have to Endeavor's practice. like, well, then prove it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't get that 
that line in the uh, in the subtitle. Yeah, in the dub, he says, prove it, and then walks off. Uh, so, yeah. And then we kind of get, like, a quick breakdown from Deku, who's like, oh, this quirk would be awesome to be a hero. Why is he a villain? That's my Deku impression. Yeah. He didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're not crying enough. That's true. Um, Deku hasn't cried in a while. We've got to give uh, the boy gets, props. He's he growing. close there. We get, we get a sappy Deku scene. Yeah, he says, oh, we get a couple of sappy Dekus, sappy-ass Deku scenes Dude, in this no episode. Um, Sad. But yeah, he's like, <laughs> sappy-ass he could have he could have been a hero with that quirk. Um, he looks at his file, and we find out that um, Mr. Smiley's name is Sinjiro Hoho Emi, and his last name literally means smile in Japanese, so Horikoshi Horikoshi'd. Um, and he's a self-proclaimed artist, which is my favorite thing. So, like, even going back to his, like, background... Um, he's like, the art world is full of hacks who don't even try to recognize my talent. Like, he's he's just a self-proclaimed artist. Nobody else seems to recognize him as such, which I thought was a nice um, a nice little detail. What kind of cracks me up here is, like, did Deku just Google this guy? I mean, where is he getting this info from? How did they not have this yeah. earlier? He's holding, well, um, he's got, like, a file. Right, but where, who So who maybe he's got file? it from the quirk registry? But this guy wouldn't have his quirk registered, right? Because he's not a hero. Like, you only register your quirk if you're if you go into the hero business, right? That was my understanding. Of I mean, this. he was in school. So, and, and he did have his talent then. I don't, I don't know. know. It was just, I, it's, but it's he, plot points that I'm just like, why? Like, how did they get yeah. a hold of this? But regardless, we go into this whole sappy moment where Deku is just like, Oh, I'm just like Mr. Smiley because I want to make my dreams come true. And so does he. Yeah. Is it that he just doesn't give up that he's looking for that slightest possibility that he might make it. Um, then we get a short scene of three dudes prepping for a bank robbery or a, a robbery. It's not really a bank that they rob with lots of guns. And then we're escorted swiftly to a rooftop where Endeavor is shouting coordinates that are like letters and numbers to Bakugo, who's blasting through the air before being told to fire, um, at which point he hits a target. So Endeavor's plan is, let's blow this dude up. Deku's plan is not that. Um, <laughs> because Deku's plan is to build him a MySpace page. And it looks freaking exactly like a MySpace page. It really page. does. Yeah, they try to go into this whole thing where Deku's like, yeah, I had uh, Kaminari show me how to build a website, but it's just a, it's a MySpace page. Yeah, so Deku's plan is to rehabilitate. I want to get him to stop vandalizing, and this is how I think we can do it. Endeavor and Bakugo's plan is, let's just blow him up. We'll do that. Man, my favorite thing about this, too, is Todoroki is looking at that website, and he's basically like, bro, is that art? Is this good art? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It just cracked me up, because Todoroki... Deku's response is just like... Yeah, he's like, I don't know, but it means a lot to him. (laughs) They get interrupted because Mr. Smiley gets spotted again, uh, and... Todoroki's asking Deku, he's like, well, we don't have a plan, so the tables are just going to get turned on us again. And Deku's like, well, we can't not go. We got to go and sort this out uh, on the night, like at the scene. Yeah. And so they approach uh, the the scene here and it seems like they're inside of kind of this like, is it is it a museum or is it like a jewelry store? I wasn't 100% sure what they're actually in. It's a location that fits the moment for the storyline here, yeah, basically, yeah. because there for whatever... A plot appropriate place with fancy value yeah and and like random standard buys and whatnot uh but anyways they don't they don't want to approach him necessarily they kind of want to see how his quirk works from afar so deku is trying to get mr smiley to use his smiley beam and uh he gets him to to fire one off by like complimenting his art and he has his eyes closed so there's no effect so he's kind of trying to figure out exactly what's going on and i thought this was actually really interesting in a bit of foreshadowing and i think deku picked up on this even though they didn't go into it too much smiley Smiley apologizes here. When he uses his quirk, 
He's like, oh, wow, I'm sorry I did that. It's just kind of a, a natural reaction these days. And I think Deku realized, oh, wow, I could, this is my end. Like, I just need to compliment his artwork. He was apologetic for trying to get me this time because I wasn't just trying to attack him. So I think that seed kind of gets planted here, uh, and Deku acts on it later. But in the meantime, Endeavor calls Bakugo in like an attack dog, and gosh, yeah. Smiley's quirks Sick. doesn't work at all, obviously. He's trying to run away from Bakugo, but Bakugo's all over the place. And I, I love, too, that Bakugo, when he puts the blindfold on, he's like, he's not going to get me the same way three times. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and like right as Bakugo is about to just blow Mr. Smiley to smithereens, uh, Deku is like, don't attack him, Kachan. So, you know, Bakugo, he, he pulls his uh, 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 handkerchief off his face or his blindfold off his face. And he's like, Mr. Smiley, Mr. Does. Smiley pulls it off. I didn't think it was him. I thought yeah. I thought Bakugo pulled it off to like chew Deku out. Uh, uh-uh. so Bakugo is shouting at at Deku for um, for interfering. And this time is is afforded him because Bakugo in a in a what had to have been a legitimately scary chase is blasting all over the place keeps cornering mr smiley and when he finally gets his sights locked onto him where he's gonna fire he's standing mr smiley standing in front of the painting and so mr smiley does this thing where he is willing to put his body between bakugo and the painting to preserve it and so deku seizes that moment to intervene and when he does when bakugo starts shouting at deku mr smiley takes that opportunity to pull Bakugo's I did, uh, bandana I did not catch off. that. I thought Bakugo pulled his bandana off because he immediately looks into Mr. Smiley's face, realizes what happened, and I don't even think he laughs here. He just passes out. Like, he, like, KOs he himself. He just, like, turns to stone is kind of how it was yeah, illustrated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this is where we get Sappy Deku because he goes into the sob story, and, and Mr. Smiley wants to know, like, hey, why did you protect me? You didn't have to do that. And he's like, it's actually funny because he's like, were you protecting my painting? Did you like it that much? Yeah, and, and so, you know, Deku's like, well, no, it's not that. I don't get your art. I don't understand it at all. But I do understand that it's important <laughs> to you, and that's what matters. And he says that, you know, Mr. Smiley shouldn't be using his quirk the way that he does. And and he's like, look, you, you need to chase your passions and do it the right way. Don't go about doing it like this, because you're no better than all these other villains. Like, you need to be able to go out and put your art on display. You know, don't, don't do it like this. In legal ways. Yeah. And uh, he tells him not to give up on his passion or stop chasing his dream. And he shows him that website and he asks him to not stop chasing his dream. And Deku's like, look, it's not too late to change, man. Uh, and Mr. Smiley is is like, yeah, but I don't know. I always kind of felt like I was sticking it to the art folks. Like those, those you know, artsy people just don't get me. But maybe that's not what I'm doing. Maybe I'm not sticking it to them. They probably don't even know who I am. I'm just causing issues for everybody else. And then all of a sudden this van crashes in on the scene. And it's the villains from earlier, and they've got a hostage, and they start, like, sucking up all these gems uh, and jewelry off of, like, stands that are just around. Uh, And then... Yeah, one guy just has vacuums for hands. Yeah, like, I feel like we saw something really similar to this uh, in the last season that Todoroki and Deku stopped after they got their their license. Or no, it was Bakugo. Todoroki. Yeah, Bakugo and Todoroki. Bakugo, yeah. Yeah. That that may have been true. I did have a this-not-that-kind-of-anime joke in here, though. (laughs) Oh, man. It's it has been a, while. been a while. But the, the dude has vacuum cleaners for hands. Come on, guys. It's, it writes itself. It does. Itself. It does. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, too, here, because they're using gunfire to effectively keep Endeavor from coming out of, like, behind this this area that he's kind of ducked under. And I don't know that I agree with that. Like, I don't feel like Endeavor's the kind of guy to just not immediately run into, like, a storm of bullets. You know what yes. I mean? 
So that was another problem that I had was inaction here. I, I don't think, number one, I don't think that the the villains, uh, the robbers knew that there were a bunch of, like literally an entire hero agency inside of the building. Um, but that cover fire, I would have imagined that as soon as Endeavor realized that the situation has changed, things have escalated, that he would have taken action. I agree. Um, um, and he didn't and not, neither did burning neither did any of the other flame and sidekicks it, it was it was like everybody froze and it was they kind of play it off like burning makes a comment like hey they've got hostages and endeavor kind of reacts as if oh well if they've got hostages i can't do anything which just doesn't seem to be the case but regardless uh the gunfire has damaged the artwork and that pisses mr smiley off he's like hell nah they're they're gonna go in here and they're doing bad stuff and they shot up my art so he like hops in front of everybody looks at everyone hostages and villains and everybody just starts laughing uh we get his quirk intro here with like a normal intro like we've we've seen in the past and basically they explain in this intro that as long as it is happening real time his quirk will affect anybody, regardless if it's right in front of him or if it's being broadcasted halfway across the world. It just has to be real time. So in the dub, did they did he shout out a name for this thing that he uses against the two villains in the hostage? No, I think he just I think it's just the like Mr. Smiley. Oh, it's just regular Mr. Uh-huh. Smiley. See, in this one in the sub, it was called Miracle Smiley. And the voice acting work on it is just egregious. Oh, no. Like it's it's so much. Worse I don't think that he had than that. the regular Mister Smiley, which I already hated. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm trying to recall. I don't think that it was like anything extra. I think it was just a normal Mister Smiley Ray. Interesting. Yeah. That, so that it resolves itself. He does. <laughs> Mister Smiley does use his quirk against a an innocent civilian, but it's fine because she's just laughing. I guess laughing for two hours straight would suck. Yeah. Oh, man. Like <laughs> I've had nights where we're sitting around drinking and playing games and I've laughed intermittently enough that my abs hurt the next morning. I can't imagine like two hours of just nonstop laughing what that would do. He to needs to be a trainer like he should just uh, like personal yeah. trainer. It's easy training. I will never <laughs> make you lift weights, but I will make you laugh that fat off. It'll be a good ab. That's what I mean. Yeah, minimum. it would be crazy. Uh but, you know, at this point, uh, he kind of goes into this whole thing where he's like, yeah, fighting's not really my thing, but, uh, you know, I, I can get these guys taken care of this way. And he offers himself up and says, hey, look, like, I need to atone. Uh, I don't want to run anymore. I just want to pay for, for my mistakes and move on. And uh, the news station, like, rolls up on the scene, and they are live. They are broadcasting to the world, and they immediately start asking him, like, hey, who are you? What did you just do? Like, you saved the day. Everybody around, you know, we we have you to thank for. And he says that they will never forget his name. And then uh, he smileys like the whole world. (laughs) Yeah, so, again, he can control his quirk. Why did he do it? Yeah. uh, Why did he fire it off then? Why not? One last time, you know? I don't know, but gets he introduces himself as Quirk Fires, and that damn sound effect plays about a dozen times in quick succession through everybody's TVs over a montage of the cast laughing, even Aizawa, which I will, I will say I appreciated. But it does get his name out there. I think that's just Deku's like exposition at the end. It got Mr. Smiley's name out there, and everybody found his MySpace. And that, but that's a story for later, I think, is how the subtitle Yeah, that's ended. how the dub ends, too. Like, yeah, everybody ended up on his website, but that's a story for another day. So I suspect you and I are going to rate these differently 
Yeah, it sounds that way. I mean, you know, when we do Kyo Cinema, which unfortunately is on a brief hiatus right now, we, we rate them like, you know, one out of seven since there are seven Dragon Balls. Do we have a rating scheme that we want to do for these or is it just one out of ten? Let's just do a standard yeah. ten. I, I, so, okay, so I think HLB in my mind, it's a five. Like, it's okay. We got some cool quirk stuff. Lionel's kind of cool or Shishido's kind of cool. Uh, but I don't really care for baseball. And so that was immediately like, meh. And it wasn't even real baseball. It was like their weird version of it. Uh, but then this one, I mean, I watched these back to back last night and this one had me cracking up like from the get go. I would give it at least a seven, 7.5. Like I really enjoyed uh, the second OVA. It felt more like it could have just been a standalone episode. It didn't really feel like an OVA to me. And it's funny because when you were describing it earlier, I definitely thought you were talking about this one. I did not expect you to like the MLB episode or the HLB episode. HLB is so much fun. They play around with quirks. They break some rules and it's all good. It's just it's just hilarious. It's one giant gag episode. And I understand that um, the laugh as if you're in hell is similar. Like it is a big gag episode. Um, It just didn't. It just wasn't the OVA for me. I mean, it, it really does come down, I think, to taste. I, I guess what it comes down to is for me, you know, I don't I don't watch baseball unless I'm there in person. So it's not that it wasn't the appeal of the sport. It was just that the quirks were a playground. And I like that. We I think we've talked about this with regards to Naruto. I like seeing the the jutsu. What, yeah, yeah. The different jutsus, like the display um, of yeah. power, really. Yeah, and them used in interesting ways, and it also appealed to like you remember we used to have the que- uh, the segment where it was like mundane applications yeah. of quirks. That was like a whole episode that was exactly yeah, you're that. Right. Like that was so much fun. Um, this one, um, the laugh is if you're in hell. Um, you know, it was fun seeing characters that don't normally laugh, at least not without being menacing at the same time. Laugh like Bakugo and Endeavor. The, the villain just a he just grated my last nerves with that stupid sound effect. I think it would have been better if there were no sound effect, if it was just a visual cue or even if it was Foley work and not a vocal thing. Um, I might have liked it better, but I'm telling you, like I watched these with Stricken, Stricken um, and I watched these together uh, the first time. And after like the second or third time, I, 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 I was just like texting him and I was like, dude, we're, if we get this sound effect for the entire episode, I'm going to lose my damn mind. <laughs> and then the last like execution of it when he's on the news is like 12 or 15 times in a row. And I was just like, all right, I'm so over this. But even though I hated it as much as I did, I still was like, all right, now put on the English version because I have to know if it's just if that sound effect is just as prevalent and as bad. Um, and the English one is more tolerable, in my opinion. The Japanese one was just so annoying to me, and it just it dragged this episode down single-handedly. Some of the other stuff was fine, like it was passable um, and enjoyable. Uh, but yeah, HLB takes the cake. Uh, it, it's a home run. I would say that don't do, uh, that. Don't do that. The laugh as if you're in hell is more of like I don't know double. You're not allowed maybe. to make a home run joke on the HLB episode. It's just not. It's not. I fair. totally am. I had to listen. I picked up that. Uh, I picked up that theme and ran with it. I'm just gonna have to deal yeah. With no. It. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I can see why you would say that. Uh, different, different episodes uh, entirely, but also kind of similar, just with them being kind of gags. I think that I really enjoyed seeing Endeavor and Bakugo get paralyzed with laughter. That's not something I ever expected to see, but that that in itself just kind of had me cracking up so overall man i enjoyed both these ovas like it got me stoked for season six i'm excited for october my one biggest gripe 
is the timing of these things. Like if they're supposed to tide you over until season six, I guess, well, I guess that that's a difference of opinion. Are they meant to tide us over or are they meant to excite us for? Because if they're meant to tide us over, releasing them back to back, what, a month? Yeah, you know, in a month um, away. Two months, yeah. really, before? Um, like it's just closer to, like I would have liked these maybe back in June. I think that would have felt like a better spread. Um, but, you know, it production schedules are what they are. Um, and, you know, it's not like we didn't have a deficit of content, thanks to Vigilantes, uh, to keep us busy. But going forward, that's not going to be the case. <laughs> like, I'm really worried that eventually we're just going to be like, well, the My Hero well has run dry because we're anime only as far as the My Hero proper stuff is concerned. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was great. I love all the OVAs. I mean, they're 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 bonuses. It's like the prize in a Cracker Jack box, you know. Um, so anyone that we can get is definitely worth watching. Um, and it's it's content that only people who watch the anime are getting. None of this stuff is in the manga. Um, so that's great that, you know, the us anime folks are able to hold that over the manga only readers. I don't know if they even exist, but I'm assuming that there are people that are just like stick their nose up in the air. I don't watch the anime. I read it in the manga in the original Japanese. Um, not, I'm not trying to mock any of our viewers, <laughs> I guess, but or our listeners. But, you know, I, I think that it's nice that the anime gets something that even the manga folks don't have because the manga folks are they, they have a lot that we don't um, as far as like. Uh, to dateness is concerned yeah yeah no i'm right there with you well man i think this will wrap us up for this episode uh 110 man everybody can join us in two weeks for 111 where we'll be uh, covering the team up with special guest maybe special guest i think um so if you are going to be hunting down the team ups adam and i talked very briefly before we started and tried to parse this stuff out um currently on the shonen jump app there are Chapters point one through nine, but there are some other points in chapters three, I think. Um, but I think this first episode with our special guest, um, who is uh, TBA um, on on the day, like you'll know when it releases, maybe a little bit before then, we'll see. Um, but we're going to cover chapters point one, one and two. That's going to be ep- uh, our next episode of the AMP. So hunt it down. Um, you can buy it. Uh, in a physical copy at, I know like Barnes and Nobles carries it. That's how I get these things physically locally anyway. Um, but the Shonen Jump is great value. It's like $2 a month and you can read all this stuff. Um, so it might be worth, um, just buying it for a month and reading these chapters, uh, so that you can keep up with us on the AMP. Um, and also this other podcast, uh, so hunt it down, uh, join the conversations. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Jump in on the Discord. Join the growing community and thriving community uh, in both of those spaces. Absolutely. We cannot wait to see you there. All right, guys. We'll see you in two, two weeks. weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.